0: Cast, the Weekly Sports Anime Fan Podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest, Matt. I am here. Welcome, Matt. So, um, are you excited to be reviewing uh, Clean Freak Out Yamakun today?
1: Uh, I'm not positive that that's the word I would use to describe
0: my feelings. <laughs> um, would perhaps looking forward to getting this over with.
1: yeah. Yes, this is the last time I'll ever have to talk about this show, so I guess I'm excited about that.
0: That's really fair. This, so, okay, we really didn't have very many expectations with this show going into it. Um, concerning the fact that we knew that it was based on a manga in Shonen Jump, I was a little... Excited to maybe have another sports battle anime, that was about as far as my expectations went, effectively, going into it. Um,
1: but I, th- I, had, I had a lot of doubts, though, because, you know, the premise, and we knew the premise was that he was a germaphobe and he played soccer, so my sense was that this was going to be played for laughs more than it was really going to be about any sense of competition or any real urgency or growth. Right. That, that was definitely true. Although, I mean, you know, you were right. If you could call it comedy, you know, it was attempting.
0: <laughs> it was attempting comedy. Um. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, like this is clearly meant to be a comedy series more than it is a uh, a sports series. It does have moments of advancement in the story. Like, you do see games against other characters. Like, they do have other teams that they build up a little bit for them to go, like, for them to play against. But, yeah, for the most part, it's effectively just a slice of, like, ga- uh, gag comedy.
1: Yeah. Um, the soccer really is there just to support whatever character gag they're focusing on that week.
0: Right. And, like, and basically the same character gag over and over with. Uh right. So, I, I, like, just as a quick summary of the show. So, the show stars Aoyama-kun as... You know, states in the title. Uh, he is a clean freak. He's basically obsessive compulsive. Obsessive compulsive. He can't really be around dirt at all. Um, and but you know, he really wants to play soccer, uh, despite it being a very dirty sport. So, but you know, he, the team he's on isn't very good. So, the whole conflict of the show, I guess you would say, is that Oyama has to keep winning games for the team, so that he, because he's, like, a top-level player, essentially, but he's sort of, he's sort of escaping having to move on to a different, to, like, to, like, a National League, uh, by staying, by, like, sticking with this team, uh, but, so, but he has to keep winning games, or else he can't keep justifying staying with them, essentially. Right. Uh, like, that's about as good of a summary as I can really That's more give. than
1: the show really even
0: gives you. Right. Like, kind of, because most of the show is effectively just little... Every episode is effectively vignettes from another character's life, and following them and their interaction with Aoyama, and maybe, occasionally, the rest of the team. Right. Um. Like, pretty much every episode, with the exception of a couple, introduces a new character or a new set of characters who are... By proxy, affected by a Aoyama somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's pretty much it. Uh, I think the biggest question about the show, who the heck is this for? It isn't
1: clear because on some level I thought it was about trying to make Aoyama seem like this cool, sexy, uh, mysterious character. who, right. Like, you know... Fans could sort of speculate about what his origin is and what his real ambition is. But every time they get close... And they do try to sort of go in that direction a lot. But every time they get close, everybody turns into chibi form and it turns super, like, goofy and weird. And as soon as you get close to figuring out, oh, what are his motivations, it's just something really asinine.
0: Right, which, I mean, I guess you could argue is maybe the point. You know, he's this hes this sort of brooding guy who just can't really open up to anybody. He's actually, like, this kind of weird, strange, cat-loving fellow. But, you know, he just can't really open up because of his own obsessive compulsiveness. Like, it, it would make for an okay drama. Like, it just can't really decide if it wants to be a comedy or a drama at times. And there's nothing wrong with doing both. It just can't do both. Essentially, like it doesn't know how to time a joke because mm-hmm. all it because for its gags, it just repeats the same gags over and over again. There's the fat character who, you know, the entire gag is, Oh, they're eating now. Yeah. Um, they have Sukamoto who has his butt keepy uppies. I mean,
1: yeah, that's, that's the that's, joke. That's what they call it. He just bounces a ball with his butt
0: a lot. Right. And it's like. I don't know, like, the art is so clean, and, you know, the characters are so, like, the art is so clean (laughs) that the, uh, I almost want to say that this is meant to be, like, you know, this is kind of meant to appeal to, like, to fangirls, essentially, you know, it's like, ooh, you know, uh, like, Oyama's just so hot, he's so dreamy, like, we have to obsess over him, but the problem is the art is also, it's so clean that it's also so uniform. Mm -hmm. Like... Like none of the characters really have any like distinctive properties. Like none of like none of the characters really have any sort of character to their art because it's all drawn roughly the same outside of I guess different hairstyles. Like it, like this is just it's so it's so confused as to what it wants to be.
1: Yeah, I think that's the best summary you can have for the show. It's confused as to what it wants to be and it never really figures it out so we go through a lot of episodes where it kind of throws stuff at the wall and sees what sticks and it turns out nothing really does and then the show is over
0: yeah i mean effectively like the last episode the like the final punchline of the show is aoyama wants to stay with the team because they have white uniforms i mean that's it that's the show show's over go home yeah like i just it's such a It's pointless. Like, I feel like I have wasted my time watching this show every single, like, every single time I turned it on, I felt like I was just killing time until, until
1: the end. Well, yeah, I mean, that was was the other thing, is it felt like every episode took about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to watch. Right. it, It felt so, so plodding.
0: Yeah, like, oh my god, the show just drags. So speaking
1: of which, do you want to talk about any particular episodes, Matt?
0: Yeah, why don't we go ahead and start our draft? So for people not in the know, uh, we are going to draft our favorite episodes and our worst episodes and basically assemble our best team of best and worst episodes. Sometimes we do it with characters. For this, we just decided to do episodes because we couldn't find characters that we really wanted to talk about exclusively <laughs> sure um so for our so for our draft in fact we are going for not really best episodes more like just least bad right um we are only choosing one episode a piece because frankly we couldn't really think of any other like we can't think of more we actually want to talk about with the show um so i'm going to begin that part of the draft so uh my my teammate for the least bad ver- uh, team is going to be, uh, episode seven, Odagiri-san Can't Get It In. Yeah. Uh, so it, this... It's, it's
1: not a great title, but it's
0: definitely the best episode. <laughs> it is be- is. I mean, I'm assuming that was your best episode, too. Oh, yeah. Uh... So, this episode largely revolves about around a character named Odagiri. She is effectively, like, the school sweetheart. You know, everybody loves her. She's really pretty. Uh, you know, everybody kind You know, she's kind of the idol of the school, almost. And she somehow is able to get close to Aoyama in a way that any nobody else seems to be able to. Uh, so, my... The reason I picked this episode... It was the only episode that really introduced any form of con. Like, any form of interesting growth, maybe, for Aoyama, because his whole thing is that Aoyama can't even touch other people, but he doesn't have any problems with touching Odagiri. and he can't figure out why, effectively. You, and know, you never do. <laughs> and you never really do figure it out. Like, they never. I, I guess one reason I'm going to give it a little bit more credit is that I at least like the like how, the way any other episode of this would play out is that Aoyama would be like like there would be some dumb gag at the end because it's like oh well he can touch her because she reminds him of like some sort of cl- some sort of mascot who's on his cleaning products, so that's why he's fine with touching her this at least gave us some plausible deniability that there wasn't some dumb reason for it. Like maybe he act like he's just not emotionally mature enough to admit that he actually likes Odagiri, like he actually kinda has a crush on her. And it does humanize him a little bit because honestly, I I think this is the one episode that has a character that they effectively convey with the art, because it's like, you know what? I believe that the guys are into this girl. Like, she's Drawn fairly cute, at the very least. It's it's the most I have ever been able to buy a character just based entirely on the art. Right. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Matt? No, it, it
1: really... When I watched it, I was hoping that it was signaling that we were interested in developing characters beyond a single episode. Right. But- It does not appear that that was the case.
0: (laughs) You are not wrong. Odagiri at least does show up a couple more times, but yeah, it's not really important.
1: You don't get anything more out of her, though, than you got in this episode. And Aoyama never figures anything else out about himself.
0: Right. At the very least, though, it does set up a plot point that could have vaguely been interesting. Which is more than really anything else I could say about this show.
1: Yep. Um, so my least bad episode choice, uh, I've gotta go with episode six. Right. Uh, Ozaki-kun has his pride. I had a feeling about that. Um... So this episode centers on a classmate who has sort of been in the background up to this point, named Ozaki, who apparently is secretly a professional manga author. Right. And so most of the episode goes back and forth between him observing school life and observing how his classmates react to his manga that they don't know he's the one writing, and then him trying to adapt it to appeal to their interests... Um, He ends up deciding that Aoyama is a villain and that he's manipulating people into loving him. So he creates a character based on Aoyama called, what is it, the Blue Wizard? Yeah, Blue Wizard. um, Who becomes a villain, but then everyone thinks that the villain is the coolest character. And so he spends the rest of the episode trying to make the Blue Wizard uncool to, you know, strike back out Aoyama. And I don't know. It... The, the I'll start with the worst thing about it. The worst thing about it is that it uh, ha, it adds nothing to the show. Right. And I guess at the time I was still hoping there was going to be a coherent through line for the plot <laughs> and that it wasn't just going to be a collection of random unrelated episodes. Uh, that clearly was not the case. Um, it's absolutely a collection of random unrelated episodes. But at the time I was still hoping for plot. Right. Um, it doesn't do anything, and Ozaki is completely irrelevant to the rest of the show.
0: Right, Uh, but I mean, that's also kind of par for the course, so... Yeah, it is,
1: but at the time, I, I couldn't admit that, you know? Right. And I was hoping that wasn't the case. Um, But that being said, it did have some funny gags. I thought that, like, the back and forth between him being inspired and then reacting within the manga could be kind of funny. I liked some of the tropes that they showed... With the Blue Wizard and what he was reacting to. It was clearly written, you know, by the original manga author from a place of him kind of reacting to certain things. Right. Uh, and like how, how the audience received his own work. So I thought at least there was a little bit of personality to it. Right. And, honestly, compared to the
0: rest of the show, that's as much as you could ask for. You know, at the very least, there was a punchline to that episode, which was, you know, I was really terrified watching this episode that Ozaki, like, the whole moral of the episode was that, you know, you know, uh, Aoyama was just like, you know, he's actually this really great guy, Ozaki just doesn't get it, and, you know, the end of the episode was gonna be Ozaki coming to terms with Aoyama... Um, but no, the punch. Li- there's actually a punchline to that episode. It's that Ozaki's, uh, pettiness towards Aoyama is really what drives the sales of his manga. You know what, mm-hmm. it's, it's, if I was more invested in the show, that could have actually been a fairly funny gag. I'm not, so I just sort of, like, made an, eh, towards it, but, you know, again, I can acknowledge that there is a gag there. Um. Yeah, cool. and that's
1: about as much as you can say for it.
0: <laughs> True enough. Okay, so, uh, do you want to... Were there any, like, runner-ups that you wanted to talk about? Or, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I will say that episode two was the only one... I, I actually had episode two as my second best episode just because it had the one gag that made me laugh, which was, uh, Godo sitting out on top of the rooftop and the teacher calling out to her, like, terrified while she makes an inner monologue to herself. Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, that is literally the only reason I remember that episode, but... Like that's, I mean, that's as mo that, that's the most I can say for the series. Okay, so let's move on to our worst team. Uh, we are gonna pull for three episodes apiece. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay.
1: It's it, so it's my turn to go first, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Um. So I've got it. There's there's really only one choice for the true worst episode, and it's episode eleven. Yep. Yeah. So- Sakai Kun's hairstyle has
0: changed. That there was no way that wasn't going to become the, the number yeah. one pick for either of us. Yeah, it's it's
1: it, part of it is that it's fresh because you know we just we just saw it. It was towards the end. It was just it was so shockingly irrelevant to anything it took Ah. this complete background character sakai who i hadn't even written down his name yet because he was so irrelevant to the point plot, and made him the focus for the entire episode aoyama-kun had maybe like three lines in the whole episode and the premise was that suddenly sakai got a new haircut and now girls like him and he's good at soccer and so the whole episode is showing him basking in the glory of being good at soccer he's even better at soccer than, than Zaizen. so then Zaizen practices soccer uh but at the end it doesn't make any difference and saka gets pulled off the starting lineup because the only reason he was good at soccer was because his new haircut made his haircut <laughs> made the god of soccer who is a literal divine being um start paying attention to him because he thought he was Aoyama. And so then, by the time he changes his hair, the god of soccer removes his blessings from him, and he turns into being a goofy guy who's bad at soccer now. And that's it. And it literally, yeah. It literally happened. Like, yeah, this deity so, with a soccer ball head controlled the plot. And you're like, wait, so this is actually... Like, happening? The th- show that, wants the us to believe actual,
0: Yeah, that's the actual gag here. And I'm not saying that you can't make a gag like that funny, but it's so against anything else that the show has built up. Right. Like, the supernatural has not been an aspect of the show. Like, you can't just suddenly say, Oh, uh, there's a god of soccer. Like... He he thought that's why like that's that's why Sakai, Sakai is good now. He the God of Soccer thought he was Aoyama. Wait, uh-huh. excuse me. Like
1: yeah, that, that... And, and that's the thing. If you'd had the God of Soccer do some random thing in a random episode, it might be funny as a one-off joke. But for that to be the basis of the entire conflict of an episode, when right. it has no precedent and there's no follow-up and no one thinks it's weird at all.
0: Yeah, like, where is this coming from? Like, I, I just feel like the the original author just wrote this, and he didn't know how to end the chapter, so he just turned it into a completely one-off random gag and just decided, you know what, I'm never addressing this ever again, and I'm never <laughs> doing another chapter like this ever again. This is just going to be it. But then I, then we're going to get season two of Aoyama, and as it turns out, the god of soccer turns out to be a running gag. I don't know. This show sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... like What also gets me about that show is that I thought that this episode was, like, we spent that entire first eight minutes or so focusing on Sakai just being amazing and awesome, and then it takes a complete uh, shift in the middle of the episode to focus on Zaizen practicing. Yeah. But that, and it goes nowhere. Yeah. Like, zaizen suddenly gets good at, at kicking, and then that's it. Like, but it doesn't matter anyway because Sakai's just, just that good. Yeah. But and, but, and it, like, it doesn't even, like, mean anything for the rest of the series. So, since you took episode 11, my first pick for worst episode is going to be uh, Umeya-kun is very patient, episode 8. Yeah, that was mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling our lists are going to be very similar for the first 3. Yeah. Um so this episode is all about a member of the judo club. This is a guy who's effectively uh, surprise surprise the judo the judo equivalent of Aoyama. He's incredible at judo, but he uh he leaves the club so he can go join the soccer team. Why? Because he has a super crush on Goto uh and he wants to impress her. He wants to be close. The episode culminates in a, three, uh, a three-way a three date between Aoyama, Goto, and uh, Umeya. Uh, everybody is stalking this triplet, though. Like, we have the other members of the soccer team stalking them for no real reason whatsoever, just because they want to see it. Uh, you have the members of the Judo Club. And the episode ends with Umeya basically saying he doesn't care if Goto doesn't love him, because he's... Willing to wait for her, even until death.
1: Yeah. I mean, he literally says, as long as I can get buried next to her, I don't care what happens. Right! how... That's not a joke. That's a creepy stalker thing to say.
0: And I mean, I guess the joke is supposed to be how creepy and, like, he doesn't realize how creepy and stalkerish that actually is, But again, why is that the punchline to the episode? There's so
1: many jokes you could make. Why pick that one?
0: (laughs) Yeah, kind of.
1: Yeah, it was was another one where you're like, I don't know. One of the things that shocked me with it. Okay, shocked might be too strong. Right. Consistently disappointed me with this show was that they had a bunch of characters who they'd introduced through the team that they never had focused episodes on. But instead, they would just create random, unrelated characters and have them show up and do stuff and then become immediately irrelevant again. Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing with Umea. Like, what, what did we need in this show that Umea offered? Like, someone to pay attention to Goto, I guess, but... As soon as the episode is over, he's irrelevant and sort of from you know his rivalry with how Yama-kun disappears. Uh, it's it, it's like I, there there wasn't anything that came out of that episode that we needed for anything moving forward, which again not... is descriptive of most of this show.
0: I will say this episode did make us realize that the entire purpose of Sukamoto and his other two buddies was basically their. They were basically there to react to everything, because all three of these characters are inherently quiet, and if somebody wasn't there talking, then it would just be three incredibly quiet people, like, walking along, and that would be the episode. So they needed somebody, they needed people there to react, to make, to basically just make jokes out of it. Exactly. They wanted to let you know, oh, a joke is happening
1: now. Let me describe it for you.
0: Right. And, like, that's the gag. They just repeat the gag.
1: Exactly. Like, that's
0: already taking place.
1: I don't know if you just saw what happened, but let me sum it up for you. Like, that's not helpful or necessary.
0: And it's not funny.
1: No. Uh, You know what else isn't funny? What's that? Episode 12. Wow. The reason behind Aoyama-kun's choice.
0: Uh, That was on my list, but it was not my number three. Hmm well
1: uh so I, I picked this one mostly just because it was it was so descriptive of the way that this show chooses to fail um, right? <laughs> because it, it creates an entire episode where you're trying to sense some drama about Zizen. you're seeing that there might be some conflict and some pain in his background you might start to understand his motivations for playing soccer and why he plays the way he does and then as soon as you're about to see character growth the show undermines it it says oh you thought the Zizan's mother was dead no she just hilariously disappeared to africa for five years because she's (laughs) such an airhead um and there she goes again and oh you thought that Aoyama-kun might have to make a hard decision and uh, face up to adulthood and play on the national team? Got you again. He, only, he just wants to stay and play with Fujimi because he likes white shirts. Right. So as soon as you're about to think that someone in this show has deep thoughts or feelings... And the show gives you every indication that, like, maybe this time you're going to see them do something. Maybe you're going to feel something. Maybe they're going to grow. Then they, like, point at you and laugh. And they say, ha ha, idiot. We don't grow here. Everything is meaningless. The end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a nihilistic show this is.
1: (laughs) It it really is. It just, like, it it laughs at the possibility of, like, there being any meaning to it.
0: Right, and again, you can make humor out of it. It's just—it's not funny, and not, not like—it's just—it's—it's funny,
1: it's just, it's, it's like they're afraid of having to tell an actual story. So anytime they get close to it, they're like, "Oh,
0: uh, just, just kidding," you know. <laughs> and not only that, but like we—I remember we also like this episode really like drives home just how repetitive, like how predictable the humor in this is. Because as soon as they refuse to definitively say, like, say the words, uh, uh, mother is dead. Yeah. Like, we knew she's gonna be alive at the very end. We just, we, like, we, we watched this episode together, we both called it immediately. Yeah, it was
1: so apparent. It's like, yeah, you're trying to set up drama, but who are you, who are you kidding? Right.
0: You won't say the words, she is dead. You are saying she is in a faraway place. Yeah. Like, you're. But you're never. At, it's like, yeah, you're at the cemetery, but you're not actually saying you're there for your mother. Like, we yeah. know exactly. It's like it. It's it thinks it's being funnier and more subversive than it actually is. Yeah. And that's what's so annoying about it. Um. So my pi- my pick for second worst, or my second pick for the worst episode, is going to be episode nine. Miwa Chan wants to do a training camp. Yep. Uh, I'm assuming that was on yours.
1: Yeah, that was my next one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had our, we had our switched. Um, so, so this episode was about Miwa, we find out, is actually a fujoshi. She really loves this one soccer anime. That's apparently why she's into coaching. They have a training camp episode, so she decides, hey, why don't we have a training camp too? And that's pretty much the episode. They go from... Basically, basically Zizen's family owns this giant estate. Uh, so they go there to train. They, they own, like, a beach resort. But as it turns out, they're actually, like, in a dome uh, for some reason. And But apparently that's really good for Zizan's training because they have complete control over the facilities. Also, they go to a ghost hat house for some reason. That's the episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the absurdity of that one just... It was trying to be so many things. Like, what's crazy to me is how many different things happened in the show, in that episode, that were completely unrelated.
0: Right! Like, for example, like, why are they going to a ghost house? Like, I guess they're trying to do, like, I guess they're trying to do this parody of, like, you know, the summer episode of other series, effectively. You know, you kind of have your idyllic days of summer, and you kind of go through all the motions, you go to the beach... You do like the melon splitting. You go see. You go have fun at like a haunted house, like stuff like that. I guess. Um, But again, it just it goes the most predictable route for all of its jokes. Yeah,
1: exactly. So they go to the haunted house, and then what does Oyama Kun do? Of course, he cleans the haunted house. Right. Because remember,
0: he likes cleaning. Get it right, and then there's like, oh, what? Zaizen's really scared, but he's supposed to be the tough guy, but Odagiri doesn't care at all. But she's a pretty girl,
1: yeah, exactly. That's the and, whole joke. <laughs> th-
0: that's, that's the gag. There, and there are just so many different plots going on at once. Like, again, if this was something that was adapted from like a four panel comic, like Azumanga Daio, like. You know, you can kind of get away with doing sort of quick gags one after the other, because, you know, you've only got, you know, the you know, Osmongadao is a series that's working from rapid-paced gags that are sometimes not always related at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, This, this, sort this sort of,
1: is just lazy writing. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> no. is just
0: constantly lazy writing, and writing that doesn't make any sense or doesn't go anywhere. Again, I get the gag is supposed to be how absurd the situation is, but I just... I don't understand where any of this is coming from.
1: Yeah. Also, it's kind of boring the gag that they have with Zizen where his family has infinite money. Right. Because, you know, the whole basis is that, okay, Zizen's family just built a training dome specifically for this soccer trip so that they could have the perfectly ideal training camp for, like, two days. Right. Um, Which, okay, but... You know, at a certain point, it's so absurd that it's not... I don't know. There was something about it that just wasn't that funny. It's (laughs) like... Yeah, so you spent all this money to have antibacterial sand so that Aoyama will play on it. Which just feels like a really dumb way of getting Aoyama to play on the beach. Like, okay, we have this stupid premise. And so now we have to have this you know, deus ex machina come in and make it possible for him to do normal anime stuff. So, like, they're I, so drastically overcompensating for their premise that it becomes absurd.
0: I, I think I know what the entire problem is. This series doesn't buy into its own world. Mm. Like, it const like... This sort of series can work when it believes in itself. Like, it doesn't really trust any of its own gags, because it's always got somebody who's overreacting. Like, Mm -hmm. whoa, that's crazy! No, you make these crazy situations work by not addressing how crazy they are. You, like, I'm sorry, I know we kind of relentlessly pointed this out over the course of the review, of, like, our weekly reviews, but, I mean, that's the reason why a series like, hey, haven't you heard, I'm Sakamoto, works, is because... Like, maybe people are overreacting, but nobody is pointing out how ridiculous, like, nobody is basically sitting there telling you, hey, you need to laugh now. People are reacting to how, like, how insane Sakamoto's feats are, but every- but there's this sense of admiration to it. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, Sakamoto is just that cool. Like, the joke yeah. there is how how much they are buying Sakamoto. Like, how much they are buying what he is doing.
1: Yeah, nobody's turning into Chibi form and being like, "Hey, did you notice that was a joke?"
0: Yeah, exactly. This it's like it doesn't it doesn't trust its own gags to actually be funny, so it constantly has to, po- like, it constantly has to point out the gags. Yeah, and and I think that's really really evident in this episode, especially with just how many gags they throw at you at once and how none of them land. Ugh, did you have anything to add to that matter, or you just want to move on to the end? I just, I want this all to be over. <laughs> That's entirely fair, man. Um, So Matt, would you recommend this to anybody?
1: No. No, no. one should watch this. I can't no. imagine anyone enjoying this. I honestly can't.
0: Like, I don't know. I
1: know that the, there are people that do. But I don't know how. Right. I, I, I guess I'd like to know how. But I, I don't know. I think I'm too much of a jerk to accept the possibility that it c- could be good.
0: Right, well, because it's not. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's, like, I don't even understand who this could appeal to. Like, okay, so I know you originally said that Cheer Boys was, like, one of the worst shows that you would watched on the show just in terms of, like, sheer lack of direction and incompetence. Like, but at the very least, I understood who that show was targeting. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, who they were trying to get with that show. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know at all who this show is for. Like, I can't even imagine young children liking it. Like, being that entertained by it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old and jaded, but this show is just awful.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that we get to move on from, Matt.
0: (laughs) And now... With the end of this episode, we never have to talk about it again.
1: Yeah, except for the inevitable sequel. All right,
0: <laughs> see you later, Matt. <laughs> later! Our logo design is by James Radcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshian Cast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiancast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We will be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.